You look like you've had a bad day. <laughs> Tell me about it. Well, you came in here looking like crap, and you haven't said very much. You didn't say that again. Well, you came in here looking like crap, and you haven't said very much. Hey everyone, welcome back to Underrated, a podcast where we talk about movies that are underrated, under the radar, or ones that have just passed most people by. I am your host, one of your co-hosts, uh, Derek McDuff, and with me as always are Alan Torres. Hey everybody, how's it going? And Ariel Ortiz. Hello! And today we are joined by a special guest, the host of the Force 5 movie podcast, Jason Kleberg. How's it going, Jason? Good. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing well, doing well. Thanks, man. So I was actually um, honored to be on Jason's podcast a couple months back. Now we had a lot of fun. Uh, His podcast, actually, they talk about top five movies of any particular category. So you know, top five slasher films, top five underrated movies. This was one of the ones that kind of sparked uh, me inviting him to come on and talk about this. The one we did was top five brief encounter movies, which we had a lot of fun with. But yeah, as I mentioned, um, I listened to your episode on top five underrated movies. And uh, your number one was actually the movie we're talking about today, which is why I wanted to reach out to you and have you come on and talk about it. And that is uh, 2014's They Came Together, uh, which is a a satirical, absurdist um, kind of rom-com farce. It stars Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler, uh, directed by David Wayne and written by Wayne and Showalter. Um, so yeah, this was you know your number one pick. I really wanted to talk about a Wayne, Showalter, Ian Black film for a while. Um, originally, I kind of wanted to talk about Wet Hot American Summer because it just got killed upon. The original reviews are brutal for that movie. Like there's this like Roger Ebert released this like very just like like just dismissive review of it um but it's gone it's kind of like grown a cult following over the years so you know we kind of talked about probably wouldn't fit then I kind of wanted to do the Baxter but that movie's like not even available anywhere you can't even rent it or buy the DVD um so then I kind of was leaning towards this and once I saw that you also thought it was underrated I was like okay that's it we're finally doing it but I want to throw it to you, Jason. Tell me why this was your number one underrated film. Okay, a couple of reasons here. And first off, I want to start by saying that I I see a ton of negative reviews for this movie. And a lot of the negative reviews circle around its parody of romantic comedies. And it tries to subvert the tropes, but then falls back into the tropes. And any review that says it's a parody of a romantic comedy is loses all validity to me because this is not a parody movie. This is a spoof movie in the same vein as scary movie is a spoof movie. And you wouldn't walk out of scary movie being mad because you weren't scared. And I feel like that's the same way you have to take. They came together. It's a spoof movie in the same way as like airplane and the cast here is amazing. Like that's that's number one on my list. Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler, who do amazing physical comedy. They do some really great back and forth dialogue in this movie. All kinds of small, funny roles. Like as you watch this movie, and I hadn't seen it for probably three years, and I I'm watching it again for this show. It's like every scene has somebody recognizable. When you have Michael Shannon. A role on screen for like 30 seconds. 
That's amazing. But they have cameos from all kinds of people. John Stamos pops up in the middle for like 25 seconds on screen. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Like there's so many really great cast members just on the side. Not to mention all the people in there. Bill Hader. Who else? Ed Helms. Michael Ian Black, like you mentioned. There's so many good ones. And it's funny. It's so funny. There's funny wordplay. There's funny um, physical comedy. But I think to enjoy they came together. You really have to go in with the right mindset. And uh, I I just laugh throughout. Now, my wife does not like it as much as I do. She's mm. a big romantic comedy fan. And she just, I guess we have different comedy styles. She just doesn't get it. And there are some things in this movie that I see people finding grating, like the scene at uh, at the bar when they just keep like repeating the same lines over and over. That stuff gets me. I just think it's so That funny. is one of my favorite scenes right there. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so good. And there's every scene, there's not a wasted scene where there isn't a joke. And every time I watch it, I just pick up so much. There's, and I'll give you an example. In the very first scene, it's bookended by a couple's dinner where they are telling their story in a very romantic comedy kind of way. And there's this very split second moment where they're starting to cut to New York City and Paul Rudd picks up his wine glass and he puts his whole mouth around the wine glass. But you only oh my see God, it yes. like, yeah, you, you noticed it. A lot of people don't notice it because it's on the side of the frame. It's for a split second. Like you don't even see his mouth wrap around the whole thing, but it's like, what is happening? And it's one of those moments where you rewind to make sure you weren't going crazy. And there's a bunch of moments in the movie like that. And I just, I think it's one of, one of the funniest movies from the tens and it does not get the respect it deserves. Yeah. I, I could not agree more. Uh, Alan and Ariel, I know we both, me and Jason are both big fans of it. And I've been wanting to talk about it for a while, but this was the first time either you guys have seen it. So Alan, uh, I, I know that you can really go one of two ways with comedies, but what did you think of this one? Oh man, like I absolutely loved it. Like I was really nervous when I saw the poster because I was like, oh no, because I I really don't like comedy in general. Like I, I'm very picky and I and I think this movie made me realize like I like absurdist comedy. Like it just has to be like just bonkers and silly kind of thing. And yeah, like the the, the one of the big things that made me go, I think this is what I think it is, is, is that same thing where you said where Paul Rudd just puts his whole mouth over the wine glass where I was just like, wait a minute. And then uh, my girlfriend kind of heard me sh sh watching it in the other room. And she was like, are you watching like a rom-com or something? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, do you want to come watch it with me? And then we saw that part and we're like, okay, we're in it. We're, we're in for the ride. And I absolutely loved it. Like, I completely agree. I think this is one of the best like comedies of the 10s. And I think it's super underrated. I never heard of it before. Just a a parade of like amazing actor, comedic actors in it. Like every other scene is absolutely like every scene in general is hilarious. And like you said, it's a spoof movie. You know, it's like scary movie or airplane or you know. I I also recommend everybody go check out uh, Angie Tribeca. It's the same style of of humor, um, which that shows hilarious as well. But Oh no, I, I loved it. Like it, 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 just every little thing about it, like it, and the the comedic timing for for certain jokes was absolutely incredible. Like I was just 
cracking up like like especially whenever like Paul Rudd you know there, there's a scene where like maybe somebody says something a little like off and you're just like wait what do you mean by like you would expect someone to be like what do you mean by that and he's just like what the fuck are you talking about and it just completely <laughs> catches you off guard and and I just love stuff like that like just absolute absurdity and I did also go right after I finished the movie I was like super shocked I was like dude how is this not more well known so I looked up the reviews and just like you were saying, people, I think just some people just don't get it. Like, uh, like they just, you know, just reading some of the reviews, like some someone was like, how is this a romantic comedy? Like somebody, my one of my favorite reviews was somebody was saying, I don't understand how, you know, they're trying to explain the character's origins. They're trying to go through their character development and then all of a sudden they do the like he's at a bar and they just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again and i was like oh man you really didn't get it like the bar scene's probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie i was like please don't stop i was like i hope this is like 20 minutes long because i'll still be laughing my <laughs> ass off but yeah just so many reviews where somebody was like i try to put it on you know, me and my boyfriend were trying to have like a nice night in, have some wine after dinner, and oh my god, I am so offended. And, da -da -da, and I was like, this is, I think that added more for it to me too, just reading reviews of people just not understanding it and just hating on it, where I'm just like, oh my god, man. I hope like, you know, um, uh, David Wayne and like everyone else just, I hope when they see those types of reviews, I hope that makes them laugh as well. Like, I, I feel like in a way they're also trying to be like, yes, we got some people and then some people don't get it and they love it for it. Because uh, I remember David Wayne and Michael Ian Black and then this other dude, I don't know, I don't think he was in the movie. They, they did like this comedy troupe called like Stella. Oh, yeah, yeah. Show Walter. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. And, like, oh, oh, so that's him. Okay. I couldn't remember his name. So, all right, cool. Yeah, they, they, they were all part of it. And, like, they had that same style of humor. So, like, I, I think it's one of those things where, like, I think if some people didn't know where all the writers and actors were from originally, they that's another thing they might not understand why it's the way it is. But, oh, man, I, I totally dug it so much. Like, I, I kind of actually want to rewatch it just, just to catch even more stuff. Like, my girlfriend, thing, she's kind of, like, um, not really big into rom-coms, but she absolutely loved it, too. Like we were absolutely cracking up and just like yelling at the screen. It was so funny, but yeah, I completely agree. Super underrated and probably one of the best comedies of the 2010s, but uh, Ariel, I want to, I want to hear what you, what you think. Um, for, <laughs> it, it's a very complicated movie in my opinion. Um, I, I, I do definitely get what they're coming from. Of course, like a, right, right. When, you know, I knew coming in, like, it was like kind of like a spoof of, of um of rom com and all that and then but it wasn't until I saw Mike Lee and Black walk in that it finally like, oh yeah this is the people this is the what Hot American Summer um group essentially and and that's what I'm gonna be in for and I kind of felt the same way that I did with what Hot Hot American Summer where it's it's just it's like like. Alan, like you say, like you get kind of like cringe, you kind of feel oh, the cringes uh, for for normal, one. yeah, for mm -hmm. normal um, rom coms. I just it would not go away with this one for me. Um, I just it, I I found 
funny and stuff like that, but then, like, other things, like, I just found, like, oh, my gosh, like, I just, like, it was just, it came to the point where it was too much, um, unfortunately for me, the, the bar scene, like, it got too annoying for me, like, I, I had to, like, kind of, like, okay, all right, I, how many times, like, you know, like, I understand, it's, like, um, and, but then it, it also, like, equated it to, like, essentially, like, this is what the room should have been, you know, like, it, it was good in that way, where, like, you know, it's just this absurdity, I think, like, the scene when, when he first sees his, his, uh, her sister, um, that part, just, like, I was, like, this is a better version of the room, like, and, you know, like, I guess you could say, um, but, 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 yeah, for me, like, I, I, I'm not one for this type of humor, for mostly, I, I like Stella, um, but I feel Stella was, like, a little bit of a step back than this one. Um, and it, it this one is definitely along the lines of what Hot American Summer from this group. Because I know this group also made um, Role Models, which, in my opinion, is also another underrated film. Um, and I like I like Role Models a lot. Um, and so, so, yeah, for me, uh, I enjoyed it. I found it funny. It just kept getting wackier and wackier and wackier. But there was parts where I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is so, like, ah. <laughs> I don't, like, like, it's, like, it's, it's intellectual to come up with these ideas, but then they're also dumb ideas. Like, you know, like, or they're dumb, they're dumb, kind of, like. It's, it's smart, dumb comedy, you know? They're smart, dumb. Yeah, smart, dumb comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, of course, like, Christopher Maloney essentially was the same kind of character that he was in White Hot American Summer, where it's just like this very weird, like just weird shit happens to him and stuff like that, like with the whole, um, you know, shading in his suit and stuff. Um, um, I did, I, I did get a kick out of like um, when the the kind of like couple that know that knew Paul and uh, Paul Rudd and, and Amy Poehler's characters and the ones that. that invited them to the party together um that like their whole scene with the with like them looking at each other like like kind of making fun of yeah like couples know what they're saying and then like the words but then he accidentally like knocks the words and he has to like scoop the words off i i really enjoyed like those parts and stuff like that but then there was all just also other parts where it was just like getting too much like it was just like kind of like yeah like just stop i'm done like i'm i'm i've been kicked on the floor kind of thing you know with with this and um um i took a break watching it too because of that reason and came back to it and yeah just to try to like um just to kind of like try to like revitalize my my interest in it and i think at the end it kind of was starting to lose me um until the end the right the very end with um with Jeffrey D. Morgan jumping in, and then, then of course, the Michael Shannon, and that yeah. whole part. That was amazing. Yeah, with the sword. With him, the sword, he gets shot in the face. Oh, my God. When he got shot in the face, I was, like, shocked. I was cracking up so hard. <laughs> yeah. Because it just happens yeah, so in the background, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I... I like I mean, it gave me like laugh out loud moments. Yeah, it it, it de- this movie definitely gave me laugh laugh out loud moments. Like, but for the most part, like my cringe of it was kind of getting in the way. Um, but but definitely you know like 
if you're okay with it. I'm very sensitive when it comes to cringe. When I get cringy, I just can't help help it. Like, like for example, like um um with the new Hawkeye um series, like when with Rogers the musical, I just was like, I that secondhand embarrassment. I'm like, no, I just can't. I just can't. Like you know, like I had to step away. Like was getting all antsy and stuff like that. So yeah, but that's just me. I'm I'm just very um sensitive when it comes to awkward situations and feel you know i i'm very empathetic with with um characters <laughs> i think i know what you mean because like for me 80 percent of the comedies that are that i don't like are pretty much that i think i get too empathetic for the characters and there's too many situations where i start getting like secondhand embarrassment where i'm like i don't want to watch this anymore like i'd rather watch like you know i'm a big horror fan so i'd rather watch like people getting fucking gored and destroyed on, on screen rather than like, like a scene that like we, me and Ariel did a, you've never seen an episode about elf. And there were scenes in that movie, even though it's cute, you know, Will Ferrell's character is just a little too much. And I, I actually had to stop watching that. Cause I was like, Oh, this is too much for me. I'm, I'm cringing and I'm kind of embarrassed, but I think with this type of comedy, like type of film, I think you have to be in the you have to also be in the joke with the actors and everyone on the project i feel like there's a sense of like everyone's like it felt like an snl skit like a really long you know you know snl skit and you just i, I feel more like i'm like we're all in the joke together where i'm like okay we all get this is absurd we all get that this is like stupid and funny so i feel like i don't feel that as much with this type of comedy i think i think that's where we differ but yeah. um yeah. Uh, but yeah, what, yeah what you know, the, you I know, use? no, but, but you, like Alan, you know, I um that I'm very. It's very hard for me to get jokes, especially with like nowadays jokes. Like you, you know, you you've um you've had these jokes with with the bro that I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I don't get it. I don't <laughs> get it. Just stop <laughs> like and stuff like that. Yeah. So there's definitely a. Con- it's a lot um, of stupid humor. It's a lot of dumbass so, humor. It, I, I mean, I, I will like give that. it credit that. It's <laughs> fits in this day and age kind of like humor and I, I wonder if it gets released now like with the it, it's it feels like like my brother is is you know 10 years younger than me so he's gen z i feel like he would get the humor a lot so yeah it's the the whole wet hot american summer and they came together comedy is definitely an acquired taste know that i've shown wet hot american summer which i love to a lot of people and the scene in that movie that you know somebody's on board or they're not is when they go into town like oh we're going into town and we're going to the store and then they like get they they get high on heroin and and it's always these like crack houses and and then they just they come back to the camp and they're just like normal like oh what a great day in in town and I think that is the breaking point for that moment. And for this one, I, I think that that breaking point comes pretty far into the film when they go to see Amy Poehler's parents in a scene that, like, I oh just think God, it's I hilarious. But my wife is like, <laughs> I'm out when when it's revealed, like, what her parents re- really are. But I love that scene. I thought it was just so absurd. And um, it's it's those jokes that will definitely offend people, but I thought they were just uh, just a riot for me. But yeah, um, I think, yeah, with comedy, since they are so subjective, something that can really 
hit and resonate so much with me. Like I can be just dying of laughter is not going to hit with you, Ariel. And, you know, it's like, I've seen like Norm MacDonald, for example, use this kind of a litmus test. It's like, oh, do you think this guy is funny? And if you do, then we're going to like, our, our comedy kind of genes will align where, and this is that same kind of thing where it is just that absurdist, just ridiculousness. And it just keeps getting weirder and just, just like it snowballs on itself. And I, I really appreciate that. I really just kind of that clicks for me. And I think that is why this movie is so divisive is because you've got people who think this is the funniest thing in the world, but people who don't like that absurdity are just going to like hate this. And so I, I really, I, I get that why it didn't really click with people. It didn't really, it barely made any money. The box office like under a million dollars, even though it was only made for like 3 million and I mean, I know it was also kind of just like it went, uh, was kind of just on like the, um, you know, like at Sundance and it got released on iTunes like same day. But yeah, it's, you know, even years after the fact, like people didn't see it. I only ever saw it because it was on a cruise ship. And like I was like just flipping channels. and I was like, oh, Paul Rudd, like, you know, Amy Poehler, I'm going to watch a little bit of this. And I, I was just dying of laughter because we caught it 10 minutes in. It was like right at the scene where. Robin uh, um, Colby Smolder is is cheating on him and I was just like me and my brothers are watching and we just started like oh my god what is this <laughs> and then that leads right into the bar scene you know so I was like what is because I remember seeing the poster and I think you know I had the same reaction that a lot of people did when they saw the poster just thinking it is just kind of you know another rom-com because the poster just, you wouldn't know other than the fact that the title is like they're like, okay, that's like very, very suggestive for just like a regular rom-com title. But yeah, so you, I don't think people knew what they were getting. And so people went in either not wanting to see it because they were thinking it was just an average rom-com or when they went in expecting that and they got just airplane, but with, you know, you know, a rom-com version of it instead, they were, it was not what they were expecting. So they didn't like it. But I think that like Airplane, like you'd mentioned, Jason, what really sells this movie is that it's all these like really good, like good actors. Like they can like give a, you know, very they're not like wink, wink, nudge, nudging, like look at how ridiculous it is. They're playing it completely straight. Like they might be, you know, going a little bit over the top, but like Leslie Nielsen is an airplane, very stoic, you know, just kind of like d- delivering every line just as a matter of fact, like Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler kill it. I think, you know, it's the same thing um, with a couple at dinner. You've got Ellie Kemper and Bill Hader just kind of having, just get, saying these ridiculous things with an absolute straight <laughs> face. And these things are happening, like Michael Shannon charging with the sword and all, and, you know, just, just it builds on this ridiculousness. But because the actors are all just kind of like playing it so straight and, and you know, Paul Rudd never cracks or like laughs or smiles when he say, keeps saying, tell me about it. And he just keeps repeating and, like that scene, I know you hated it, Ariel, but I I was dying. Like the longer it went, the funnier it was because it was just like, oh, is it still going to go? Is it still going to go? Yes, it is. And I just kept laughing, waiting for it to end. And then it just kept going and going and going. And you guys said a lot of the things, like in a lot of the scenes that I just really thought was great about this. I think this also why it's kind of like hard to, we don't do a lot of comedies on this because they are so subjective and it's a lot harder to point to something being good definitively in you know a comedy than it is in like a drama or you know a genre film but i for me this one really hits i think it's not only underrated because nobody really gives it the respect it deserves but it's also just 
very under the radar. Nobody really knows about this. You know, I'm really glad it's on Netflix and I hope that maybe it, that gets it some more eyes on it. But um, yeah, I, I, I love this movie. It's, it's gotta be one of the ones I throw in my rotation, especially now. Um, I like that. It's also just like, it's like an hour and 20 minutes. So it's, you can just sit down and just whatever. I can understand why it's uh, like why it's underrated. Paul Rudd around that time was doing a lot of the same type of roles with like with like My Idiot Brother and Admission and Dinner for Schmucks and Role Models. And then he comes into this essentially playing the same character, but it's an absurdist comedy where he's pulling hamburgers out of little kids ears. <laughs> I love that. And, yeah, I mean, I was dying at that moment, too. And my wife was looking at me like I grew a third head. <laughs> there's like there's moments that are so absurd and if you're not in the mood for that kind of movie if you're not in the mood if you don't laugh when you watch stuff like airplane or scary movie you're not gonna like this but if you are into that stuff this is a gold mine of jokes and i don't know if you noticed it but this is the first time that i noticed it in the end credits new york is credited as a character which I oh think my is god hilarious. that's so good that's awesome that's so good there's I so think, much like uh, little stuff like that. Oh my god! I looked into the. I was just gonna say, I, I when I was on IMDb, I was looking at the trivia, and apparently, like every kind of like marketing thing, th the tagline was something like, you know, a romantic story between two people or something like that, including New York. You can say <laughs> New York is a character as well, or something like that, and they included it on the website and the poster, and I absolutely love that they went as far as adding it to the marketing as well. But sorry, go ahead, Ariel. I don't know. Like I said, I, I, it for me, yeah. Like my, I was laughing at it. I, I do enjoy airplane. I do enjoy, you know, um, scary movie and stuff like that. But for me, for this movie, for just some reason, I'm just like, I'm laughing, but I'm just like shaking my head, like, oh my gosh, I'm like, like that's how I was throughout this whole movie, like, just like laughing and like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Like, what is happening? There's, there's a like lot of that. nonsense. I'm like yeah. laughing. There's a lot of nonsense. Yeah, like I'm laughing, but I'm just like, what is going on? Like, yeah, that's that's how my whole... Not every joke hits, too. Not every joke hit, but like, but I mean, I laughed, but I'm just like, like, similar how I was with what on American Summer. I'm just like, what is happening? Why is it? Why is this happening? Why is it happening? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well something that i thought was interesting that you kind of brought up ariel was role models because that's the one film like david wayne um michael showalter michael ian black film that has actually been a success critically and financially and that's the only one that it like isn't just absurdist like it's a it's a comedy and it's you know a pretty broad comedy but it's not it feels like real life to a degree it doesn't feel like this absurd just like mishmash like just not mishmash but just absurd just kind of like you know it's not real life at all this is just very much just like a movie you know role models feels just you know that's the one a lot of people have seen and that's the one that has gotten really good reviews and it's the only one i think that was made any real money at the box office and i think that you know that there's a big reason for that it's because these absurdist films are very like it's a niche, a niche, a niche, a niche, whatever, how you pronounce it thing. Um, <laughs> and people who love it absolutely love it, but it's not for everyone. Ironically enough, I did not like role models. <laughs> there you I go. Yeah. Like it's, 
I, I feel like I'm in that niche niche department where like I'll enjoy something like they came together more, but like a standard typical comedy like role models or like like old school or something like that. I'm like, ah, I don't really care for or like super bad. <laughs> I'm not a big fan <laughs> of. But yeah, stuff like this, I, I, I feel like it is a very niche kind of uh, area where, yeah, it, it, I think it's like catered to specific people, I guess, in, in, in a way. Well, three out of four people on the podcast liking it is pretty good ratio, I think. I like it. I like it by watch it through my fingers. I kind of think that's my... <laughs> You know what comedy I had that same reaction to? Where I was like, this is funny, but it's making me... Because cr- I didn't get cringy at all from this. Like I, I was just like laughing my ass off. But what comedy made me cringe a lot, even though I did like it, was Dinner for Schmucks. Did you guys ever see that movie? No. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't remember anything about it. I think it's just, only commercial. Like, for Dinner like, for Schmucks... Yeah, for Dinner for Schmucks, like, the, uh, the beginning ca- caused me to have the same feeling, like, this movie did. But then, like, I don't know, like, a- like as the movie progresses, it, it like, I'm, like, I, it loosens up a bit more. And I guess, like, you get, it allows you to get used to the strange. So that by the end, you kind of, like, enjoy it. I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I never got used to it. Because it's just, like, it's just, like, all the characters are just so, like... Cringe, they're just cringe inducing, just like completely unself-aware, and just like I don't know. Like it was funny, don't get me wrong. I but that I had the ex- that exact reaction is which is what made me think of it that you're describing here, Arrow, where it's just like, wow, this is a very funny movie, but God, it's hard to watch. I thought Steve Carell and Paul Rudd and everyone else was who was in it was really good, but yeah. Um but speaking of a lot of people being in it, like we kind of mentioned at the beginning, like how many stars are in like they came together because I think, you know, and it's just like, like you even said, like, you know, Adam Scott shows up in a scene, you know, you have uh, just like made like Randall Park is in there just kind of in the background. Like this is before he was really famous, but people still kind of knew him. I think, you know, it really speaks to like how much clout these guys have in the comedic world that all of these guys are like, yeah, I'll, be, I'll show up and just have a glorified cameo. It's hilarious. Yeah, uh, Randall Park and uh, Tiana Paris, who plays yes. Wanda in this. They're both in WandaVision. Yeah, she well, she plays um uh what's her name? Not Wanda, um uh Monica Rambo. But in this uh, movie she plays Wanda. Oh right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And yeah, then, so uh, a couple uh, WandaVision stars before <laughs> before they were uh in WandaVision. Para does a little bit of magic before Ant Man too. <laughs> yeah. He pulls the cheeseburger and Colby out. Colby Smulders as well as uh, she's an agent of Shield as well. Oh yeah, that's true. Yep. <laughs> also, in that scene, they actually like, even though it's very cringy, and I think on purpose, like the poke way he describes Pokemon is accurate. Like the whole Smeargle Butterfree thing. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that that actually checks out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that scene. That that scene had me cracking up, especially since I, I work with like you know Pokemon cards and sports cards. So I was like, oh, I love that. Yeah, I definitely, I, I kind of just dig little things like that, like sm- small stuff like that, where like they just describe something. Like I, I wonder if like somebody on, on the writing crew was just like, yo, I'm just gonna throw this in because like I, I feel like it's one of those things where they're probably writing the movie, and they're like playing Pokemon or something on the side, or they just know something and they're like, I'm gonna throw that in because why not? And then they just throw it in there. 
I heard that the uh, that the bookends were added later, which I searched for the original script and couldn't find it. But I'd be interested in reading the original script because I don't think that those bookends were in there. And to me, they had fun of some of the funniest parts. Yeah, I would be really interested to check out the script because I know, like, with these guys being like an improv troupe, um, I want and just this being just so just off the wall with the comedy. Like, I wonder how much the movie was improvised and how much of it was there originally. You know. So too, I love the gags, like especially the coffee shop gag where she's like, "Oh, you know," I'm just impressed at like certain gags like that where they just have so much to memorize. We're just like, you know, Amy Poehler's character is like, well, I want my muffin like this, but if they don't have it, I want it. Like, she just goes off on a tangent. And then they're like, at the end of it, they're like, oh, it's a number three and it's on the menu. Like, (laughs) stuff like that I'm always impressed by, where like, it's just so long, where I'm just like, damn, like, I, I give so much props to like actors that like have just a long ass, stupid thing to remember just for like, that that last punchline of being like, can I get a number three? And it's right there on the menu. I love little things like that, like or long things like that, I guess. But I'm always very impressed by that. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. appreciate the fact that this was rated R because I think it would have been a lot less funny if it was not rated R. And uh, they definitely went there with the language in parts. And that makes it's like uh, Larry David says, and I don't know, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Oh, fuck so, yeah. Okay, it's like Larry David says, add a fuck, double your laughs. When <laughs> Ellie Kempers tries to get up during dinner and she's like, sit your fucking ass down, Karen. <laughs> Just like crack me up. Exactly. That's why we have the explicit tag on this podcast. So we can actually make people laugh. Well, no, yeah, there's definitely like some deliveries from like Paul Rudd with with uh, a fuck here and fuck there. That was like that that added to the, the comedy for sure. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it just like made it. Because he, he, there was times where he, like, integrated into, like, so, uh, like, like just normal, like, conversation, and it, it hit, like, for some reason, I, I, yeah. We didn't mention it yet, but the, the exchange where, she, where he's like, I'm sorry, and she says, I thought you were Joel, and he says, no, Joel's my middle name, sorry's your first name, no, Billy's my first name, your name's Billy Joel? Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, he never thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was in like a Billy Joel song or something like mentioned later on. And then I like how they just were like, no, they're like, we're just going to throw that joke out there. And there it is. Like, I was kind of looking out for a Billy Joel song. I was like, they're going to throw it in. And they never did, which I'm like, kind of give you props for that. Cause that seems like it, it would have fit, but at the same time, kind of glad they didn't. But, um, uh, one of my big favorite things is scenes where they just get so extra for no reason. Like, when Amy Poehler and Paul Rudd, they, they, they go after, they go, they come home after the date, and Amy Poehler's like, "Oh yeah, my son and my sister are out, or whatever," and they start making out or whatever, and like they're just, they're trying to make that really emo- like really sexy, uh, passionate, <laughs> like make out or whatever, and there's just all these different like shelves, and like Amy Poehler just grabs like each one and fucking flings it. Like every single time, like just to just to be like, oh my god, we're so passionate. Like they'll knock vases down. I think like Paul Rudd even just grabs a lamp and like throws it at the wall. Like it's just, I don't know, like stuff like that actually like really cracks me up. But you know, that exaggeratedness is so great. Or like just like the little, just like you know, like you mentioned the wine glass thing. But like one of my favorite ones was like how they have that like extended scene where it's just like 
you know, Christopher Maloney just like shitting in his Halloween costume. And like, it just kind of really doesn't go anywhere. And then like 30 minutes, like 45 minutes later, whatever in the movie, like he comes back and it just like cuts to Ellie Kemper for a second. And it's just like, this is the guy who shit in his pants. Yeah. And then they just move on. Like, I love that. Just like small little payoff there. <laughs> it just, it just got me like a little, just the little dumb things like that really hit me in this movie. Also, obviously, we mentioned the bar scene, but they have this continuous bit where people are about to leave and then they're like, wait, thanks. And they do it. Uh, Paul Rudd and his brother in the movie do it a bunch of times. And that got me, too. It's one of those things where it's there's that rule in comedy that if you do something too much, it gets unfunny. But if you just keep doing it, it will become funny again. And they do that a lot in this movie. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's the bar scene, like, the, over the course of the whole movie, you know? Mm, yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, no, but I did, I was very much impressed, like, um, with, or, or taken by surprise more like it, um, with the shift of the, of the scene style, when it shifted to the, the fight between him and his brother, and I was like, what, now, now they're on Steadicam? What, what, what's going on? What is this? <laughs> like, it was just like, um, just so sudden of a switch and, and like, kind of like a break in genre as well. Like, it, it that one scene, and it kind of turned, like, into, like, a goodwill hunting, like, you know, it's not your fault <laughs> kind of, like, scene. And I was just like, another, of course, like, another, like, what is going on <laughs> kind of thing. Um. But I enjoyed it. I mean, uh, definitely any any Max Greenfield I, I love yeah, and stuff I love like that. Max and, and yeah, Max. And then when he comes, when he gets into the cab and stuff, like he's like, but for you, brother, I will. And like, I did, yeah, like going back to Paul Rudd and his acting is like, or, you know, like choices in that scene with the cab like he does this like weird ass face that made me like rewind it i'm like what is this face and stuff did anybody notice so after the taxi scene and he's like all right little brother big brother let's get our shit together whatever and they drive over to the wedding did when paul Roy gets out of the taxi did you notice that it wasn't max greenfield anymore in the driver's seat it was just somebody else yeah i swear i think the guy had a beard (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I was staring. I was like, whoa, 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 what happened? And then he like barges in later in the wedding and he's like, yes, big brother, let's do whatever. Let's do this. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Yeah, I'm always I'm always glad to see Max Greenfield show up and stuff. You know, obviously, I'm like a really I think New Girl is deserves to get the kind of like treatment that Friends has gotten where it just kind of like experiences this renaissance. Like, I think we're maybe like five or ten years out from that where people are going to start appreciating that show in the way that they do Friends now, because I think New Girls, like, no offense to people like Friends, but New Girls are a much better show. Uh, you know, I've obviously, I'm familiar with him since uh, Veronica Mars, like, I'm a really big Veronica Mars fan, and he's great on that. He even shows up on Gilmore Girls for just, like, a second. He really isn't in a ton of stuff, but, so whenever he does show up, like, I'm always, I'm always there for it. Yeah, so one big thing I wanted to ask everybody, since, you know, I think this is one of the big comedies that we we've, we've done that like you know most of us really enjoyed but and again because comedy is very subjective what is your guys's like go-to because as you know i know jason you got a top five but what is your like go-to comedy like that you would put on the top of that list oh gosh funniest movie of all time a tough one to put me on the spot for let's see um or just your go-to like 
where, where like you just you know you're like man i kind of want to feel good or something and you just pop it on it, it could even be like a movie that's not necessarily a comedy where like it's kind of there's comedy in it but like a genre movie with like comedy included you know same for, for i think that if i had to go like for a straight up comedy it's probably old school from 2003 that's probably the one that i would return to most yeah i mean and you guys i think know my answer which is super bad like that movie just hit at the right exact time for me i saw it it, it's one of those movies where i i watched it in absolutely the right circumstances and it just it has so many jokes that i just i crack up every time i know you're not a big fan of alan but like that is it's still one of my favorite movies and i also just love movies that are about male friendship like that really hits for me i feel like there's there i mean there just needs to be like i think the same th- i feel the same way about bridesmaids um from a female friendship uh point of view and i really want like movies that just mm-hmm. focus on just kind of like dynamics between like two of the two people of the same gender like forming a really tight bond um so i i absolutely will watch two of that like anytime it's i have it practically memorized at this point um, yeah, like for me, um, I, I think Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters is a go-to comedy for me, like, and I quote it, like, you know, um, yeah, what was the one that we just, like, reviewed that I was saying, like, I, oh, oh, well, no, thing, that thing you do isn't too much of a comedy, but that's another one that I, I could just pop on and watch anytime, but, yeah, definitely Ghostbusters, um, Oh goodness! Like like an old school like I grew up with it kind of comedy is what what I you know I could watch and pop in and just keep on you know till the end of time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of more. But yeah, Hot Rod's another great one that just popped in my head. Hot Rod and then Bridesmaids, which you mentioned, Derek. I'm on the side of Alan though. I am not a fan of super bad yeah, yeah I, i'm okay with comedy, super bad. Comedy um the mask the mask is another one that i i love uh-huh that's a good one mm-hmm. uh, how, how about you alan um it has to be clerks i think i know clerks doesn't like laugh out loud but like i think i like just like you said you saw super bad at the right time for me clerks um i was like just getting into like really really delving into movies uh i i just started my job at disneyland like that was my first job i was like 17 i just turned 17 and uh, i'd been a fan of kevin smith movies but i hadn't i never got to see clerks yet and then finally one of my first paychecks i went out and bought it and i just related so much to it because of like working in customer service that i was like this is my bible kind of thing so like I, i thought it was funny and it's also like weirdly comforting, and I just I, I think to you know the dial I, I really like the dialogue in you know Kevin Smith movies and Quentin Tarantino movies as well. Like some sometimes the dialogue is just so funny in general. Like um, in Reservoir Dogs, there's this there's a scene where uh, I think the, all the guys are in a car, and uh, I think Mr. White is telling a story. Oh no no, I think it's Nice Guy Eddie is telling a story and it's one of the funniest scenes but it's just so like it's not meant to be like laugh out loud funny it's just kind of like it it feels like you're there like you're in the car with them and that's what clerks kind of does too where like 
you can just be hanging out talking about Star Wars with your friends and, you know, you're at work and you're just vibing, you know, like, like, you know, who, who what happened to the people that were destroyed on the Death Star and all that stuff. Like, I, I, I think, I think it's more like, I like to feel like I'm in, I'm, I'm in the dialogue as well, but I think Clerks, yeah, that's like my go-to. Yeah, yeah. Jane saw Bob Strikes Back is is a good one for me too. Um, <laughs> like just just the whole like um, when um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon pop in, you know them the act the actors quote unquote themselves, and that whole scene in, is seen in like Goodwill Hunting too. Um, <laughs> and, and all season. that like <laughs> yeah yeah hunting season. And, and then the they how they spike the camera of like you know sometimes you have to do you, you know you get you have to do the movies that are um to do the movies that are for you you have to do the movies that are for um you know for other people like like a favor for for a friend that, that tells you that you know that you owe them and then they spike the camera at <laughs> Kevin Smith I fucking love it my my Kevin Smith movie was always Dogma like I love Dogma. Yeah. Dogma's really fucking good too. Like that one, I think I'd see I had seen Dogma before Clerks. And like I, I love that whole like kind of religious stuff and like making fun of it and all that. But yeah, like Clerks, though, that's where I was like, alright, I could totally relate to this kind of thing. But Dogma is just I, that one I feel is pretty underrated nowadays too. I feel like not a lot a lot of people bring it up, even though it's like his I think one of the the, the his funniest movies too. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, uh, guess uh, that about wraps it up for us. Uh, just want to say thank you again, Jason, for being on. Um, it's been it's been really a blast to come on and talk about this movie with you. But yeah, like I'd mentioned at the top, uh, Jason does his show Force Five, which you know I've been on. So go ahead and give that uh, show a listen. And if you want to give my episode, the top type high brief encounter movies, a listen. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention, Jason, before we wrap up? Uh, just for anything else, Force 5, head to force5podcast.com or uh, hit me up on social media at force5pod on Twitter and at force5podcast on Instagram. Yeah, and uh, those links will be in the description below for anybody out there who's listening, um, along with links to our social media um, are also going to be down there, our Instagram and uh, Twitter and our email if you want to ever email us in and let us know an, what an underrated movie that you uh, would like to hear us cover. At some point, we always get fans. We are trying to work through some more of those. Um, but yeah, uh, we also do um, a couple other things. Ariel, you've got your podcast you've never seen. I don't know if you wanted to mention that at all, Ariel. Yeah, we have um, a December Christmas episode of um, Elf, like like Alan had mentioned um, before. And um, yeah, it comes out on the first of every month. And it, I, you know, I'm at. It's either me or my guest is introduced to a movie that is considered part of pop culture, but um, we've never seen it. So we get it allows us the opportunity to see it and, and provide our first impressions right after him. Yep, and uh, yeah, um, so go ahead and you know give that a listen. Give Jason a listen. Uh, check out our socials. We've got a Patreon now, so if you guys are inclined to uh, you know check that out, we always appreciate that. But we do just appreciate you guys just listening. Um, that means the world to us, honestly. But until next time, thanks everybody for listening. I'll see you in another life. Bye. Thanks for being amazing. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, you can say that again. Thanks everybody for listening. I'll see you in another life. Bye. Thanks for being amazing.
Take it easy, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Say that again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll see you in another life. Bye. Thanks for being amazing. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Say that again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll see you in another life. Bye. Thanks for being amazing. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Say that again.